Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome, and we're glad that you've joined us for this edition of News in Focus. We're going to be getting a report from the State House on a very important piece of legislation that will protect children here in the state of Ohio from the radical agenda of the transgender movement. And this is happening all across the country, and it's happening in our state. And when you talk to some of these young people that have been through this experience, boy, I'll tell you, it's heart-wrenching to hear uh, those who have uh, been exploited with what they call gender dysphoria. And basically, uh, when young people go through adolescence, they're trying to find out who they are. And there have been really, uh, I'll be honest with you, people who um, exploit them for those purposes and tell them, well, maybe you're not really a boy. Maybe you're a girl. and Or maybe you're not really a girl. You're a boy. And you should consider transitioning to the other sex. It's a nightmare, folks, and it's happening here in the state of Ohio. And we have good men and women who serve us in public office who are willing to take a stand and to speak to the insanity of our age and to bring common reason uh, in the midst of this chaos that's going on. With me on the phone is State Representative Gary Click. Also, many of you know him as a pastor friend of ours from Fremont, Ohio. And Gary's been serving as State Representative of the, of the 88th District for the last few years. He just won re-election. And we're glad that he's with us, and we want to thank him for uh, really championing this uh, effort at the Ohio State House, what's called the SAFE Act. I'm going to let Gary tell us all about it as uh, the hearings will be coming up in the next few weeks. But uh, we appreciate all the co-sponsors of, of this legislation, and we appreciate uh, Gary uh, heading uh, this up for us at the State House. Gary, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Chris, and, and I want to say as we start, thank you for everything that you do uh, with the Ohio Christian Alliance, just to get the good word out on this bill, other bills like it, and just to take a stand for what's right in our state, to protect young people, to advance the cause of righteousness. Listen, we just we need more people like you out there doing this, so thank you very much. Well, thank you, Representative, and this is the second time that you've introduced this legislation. In fact, last uh, May, it's been it's coming up almost on a year now, and I saw the right. hearings online. And uh, when you heard the testimony of those who came in to basically talk about their own personal experience um, of transitioning and then de- uh, transitioning back to their born identity of their gender. Uh, I tell you, it was heart-wrenching, Gary, and it was a great job on your part and the sponsors of this bill to bring those in uh, so the committee could hear in real time what people have actually experienced and, quite honestly, how they were exploited in a time of need when they needed some counseling to help them to strengthen them in their personal identity, and they may have had other comorbidities going on at the same time in their life. Uh, And I think science will prove that out in the studies uh, that these are people that are vulnerable to begin with, and then there are those who exploit them to actually bring in this kind of gender confusion into their life. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And when the enemy brings in that kind of confusion on someone of their very basic nature of who God designed us to be, male and female, and um, that that's where real trouble begins. Explain to us how this bill 
that you're introducing will at least protect our minors here in the state of Ohio and our school children. And thank you for doing it. Well, thank you, Chris. So the Ohio Safe Act, it's HB 68, it was 454 last year, and it prohibits the the concept or the idea or the practice, actually, of giving hormone blockers and cross-sex hormones to children, as well as it prohibits any surgeries to the children. Um, and, you know, the the Children's Hospital Association, and same on them, uh, they, were, they were really pushing hard against this bill. And the reason they push hard against this bill is because they make so much money out of exploiting these children. They want to say they want to act like they don't make money off of it. But the reality is, is Vanderbilt University Hospital was exposed for this and talking about how much money they made off of each procedure and the follow-up procedures. Uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, the uh, the who is part of the Biden administration, there are emails that came out recently about how he, yes, he. Uh, was out there advocating and talking about the return on investment, even if the children don't transition to adulthood, but if you can capture them in this as a minor, uh, it's a big problem. And so we're starting off with the hormone blockers. We want to block hormone blockers. Uh, I didn't think about how that would come out, but blocking the blockers. Uh, and the reason we want to block that is because the hormone blockers is was given to children when they start Tanner stage two of puberty. And it interrupts their brain development right off the bat. That's the first thing they want to do. Now, the truth is, Chris, that 85 to 95% of kids who go through puberty, their gender dysphoria, their gender identity disorder will resolve naturally. And many kids have gender identity disorder for various reasons. Uh, and it's not, but the one reason it never is is because it's a boy's spirit trapped in a girl's body or vice versa. Many times they have other comorbidities. Almost always they have comorbidities such as anxiety, uh, depression, autism, um, ADHD, and there's something else that's going on, and this uh, gender dysphoria becomes the escape for this, whatever mental health issue that they're dealing with. So we should not belittle those children. We should not think poorly of those children. We should love those children. In fact, there have been many instances or the child struggles with this because they are, have suffered from abuse uh, from someone and maybe someone close to them, maybe someone not, uh, whether it's sexual abuse or just violence or something uh, such as that that enters into their life and this becomes their escapism or their route out. There are times when the, it's the result of FDIA, which is factitious disorder and another uh, that used to be called Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And uh, someone in their life, there's a, a lady by the name of Amber Bingle who describes how her daughter uh, told her that she was really a boy from the womb. And that appears on a TED Talk. And so it's sometimes it's the mothers or the parents who are imposing this on their children. I would not say every time, but there's many reasons a child suffers from this. But if they go through puberty naturally, 85 to 95% of them, will self-resolve, but when you put them on puberty blockers, you disallow them from going through that natural process, that natural remedy, and that natural cure, and then what happens is the the physicians and the counselors will put them on cross-sex hormones or opposite-sex hormones or, uh, more appropriately, wrong-sex hormones, which will further confuse that child. 
And uh, each time they go through this, there's a sense of euphoria that the child uh, gains in, in opposition to the dysphoria. You know, euphoria good, dysphoria bad. And so they get that sense of euphoria, but that euphoria wears off after a while. And then we have right here in Ohio, we have proof of this in Ohio, uh, young girls as, as young as 16 years old are getting double mastectomies. Uh, and sometimes even after only one visit in counseling. And uh, that's horrendous. You know, and we ha- we just recently had Chloe Cole. Now, Chloe's from California. She's not from Ohio. But science is the same. The experience is the same no matter what state you're in. And uh, she went through this. They were given her testosterone from the age of 12. And then uh, at the age of 15, they gave her the double mastectomy. And then at the age of 16, she, she kind of wakes up a little bit and she says, what did you allow me to do? And she began, and it was in a biology class where they were talking about, you know, mothers breastfeeding. And she thought, you know what? I'll never be able to do that. And uh, and so she began to uh, detrans, and, and and she went back to her birth sex and so forth. And at the age of seventeen, she came to Ohio and testified. We were the first place that she testified. Now you can see her everywhere, all over the nation. She was just at CPAC recently speaking on this topic. And then I had her back uh, via Zoom just uh, about a week ago to uh, do a video interview with me, along with uh, a lady named Kelly from Ohio who suffered gender dysphoria as a child. And we did that to bring attention to uh, D-Trans Awareness Day, which is March the 12th every year. And, in fact, we offered a, a bill uh, this this last week on uh, D- to name March twelfth as D Trans Awareness Day uh, every year. Well, we're talking with State Representative Gary Click of the eighty eighth district. He's from the Fremont area. Uh, he's also a pastor, and as I've told him, his highest calling will always be that he's pastor and uh, the call of God. But he right. is bringing his morals and his uh, principles to the state house, and that's what we need men and women to do. You know, the legislature is made up of attorneys and uh, retired school teachers and businessmen, and there ought to be a few preachers down there. So uh, thank yeah. God we've had a few of you over the last few years. And, Gary, i got to tell you, uh, you, you take the heart of the children because, you know, in the ministry that you're in, uh, you know, obviously pastoring men and women, doing funerals, weddings, uh, Chris, you know, uh, uh, you know, obviously, dedic- child dedications and baptisms. You know, we see our young people, and you have a vibrant youth ministry. You have a Christian school, and it breaks your heart to see what our children are facing these days with the, this dysphoria of the age. Uh, basically, Satan's lie upon a generation, and basically, it is to really fight back against God. What's the very nature of who we are? Is individuals. Well, it's a very basic question to man. Who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> you know, where yeah. am I going? Well, uh, who am I? Well, God made us male and female, created he them. And he made us in, in his image. So to to alter that is to take, is to destroy, to attempt to destroy the image of God, as he's made men and women each in their roles distinctively. And I, I tell you, it just so for our listeners, and I, I've got to say also, you know, as a, as an older Ohioan, I never thought we'd be facing these kinds of things. Right. But you know, I right. I thank God that you're down there and you've really schooled yourself on a number of the terms and uh, to into the science of it and the study. 
And, of course, in America, we're just now experiencing this as it's exploding on the scene. And, by the way, I had Linda Harvey of Mission America on my radio program recently where she said, Chris, it's not 2 or 3%. We now have among our young people, because of the promulgation of this kind of uh, theory and philosophy right. and socialization, now it's 14 to 15% of our young wow. people identify as LGBTQ. So this thing is big, folks, and we need to get out in front of it. Thank God we have 40 co-sponsors supporting the SAFE Act, House Bill 68. Representative, you, you will be having a hearing. Obviously, a sponsor hearing will eventually be coming, and then uh, proponent testimony. What will this look like this year? Uh, last year you did stellar. I mean, you had some great folks came in, and, and really... Thank God for these brave men and women to come in and testify to tell about their own stories because it's so heart-wrenching and it's very personal. And even some of the moms and dads whose hearts have been broken of their young people that have, uh, that were, you know, the school was advising them this. They ran away, right. they're minors, and it's like they altered their children's bodily functions. I mean, it's, it's horrible. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, first of all, let me just say, Chris, we would invite anyone that's your listening audience that has a personal experience with this to reach out to us, because it happens to people of all sorts, and, and Christians, and, as well as anyone else. And so please reach out at rep88 at gov and, and tell us your story, uh, and we'd like to incorporate you into this. But one of the things that we know, and, and also if you're a physician or a professional, but it's hard many times to get people to testify in these things because it's, it's kind of scary standing up in front of people and, and telling your story. And we run into that. And I, I, I know some other folks right here in Ohio that have considered testifying. And they say, well, you know, I just want to focus forward and I don't want to relive the past. And, and we don't try to coerce anyone into it. But there are people who are really have you know, experienced that. And, and really, they talk about having PTSD from it. Uh, from those experiences and from being lied to and from the abuse and so forth. And uh, they want to move on. But we have great support here in the House. The last GA was more of an educational time, bringing people up to speed on this difficult subject. We had 25 co-sponsors last year, and uh, they all thought that was that was big. But this year we got 40. We only need 50 votes to pass it. And so and I know there were people who did not uh, co-sponsor it, but they have told me they support it and that they will be there for us, and that we can get this across the finish line and into the Senate, into the House, and then uh, I believe the governor will sign this. And, and there's and been a number of other, yeah, there's been a number of other states recently that have taken action. I believe Tennessee, uh, Utah. Uh, what are some of the other states that are moving forward with this kind of well, legislation? Well, I know it just passed. Yeah, it was several states. I know it just passed in Kentucky uh, from the House. Now it's in the Senate, and they're a little concerned in, in the Senate. Uh, Kelly, who was on the video we just did, uh, she went down there and testified. They saw the video, and, and I don't know if you're able, maybe you want to put that video in your show notes uh, for the podcast, but uh, there, or you can just check out my social media or my YouTube, and the video is there where we talked with uh, Chloe, but we also talked uh, We Kelly. are going to put that up on our website, and we will put it in an yeah. email, and we'll also have the written testimony Last year, Helena Kirshner, she, her testimony was fantastic, and oh, she was my, from Cincinnati, absolutely. 23-year-old. And I, I tell you, yeah. it was very po she was very well-spoken. So She was we'll tremendously have... well-spoken. And, and here's the thing that happens, 
uh, Chris, is in testimony. We actually had one of the Democrats just blow up at her. So I don't know why we're even talking about this. It's a small number. It's insignificant. Well, it might be insignificant if it's not you, but when it's you and when it's your body that's been destroyed and your life that's been destroyed and your children and your family has been destroyed, it's not insignificant. And they try to minimize the experiences of these young people. And I've had to say, you know, how many children are you willing to sacrifice for your own ideology? Uh, there is no, this is contraindicated by science and by medicine, but they want to push their ideology on these kids for their own ideological purposes. It's horrible. Yeah, and thank God they're in the minority, uh, you know, because uh, that reasoning is just ridiculous to even say that to those people that came in the room so bravely and shared their testimonies of uh, what the tragedy is of this whole thing. And, of course, they're there to speak for the narrative of, uh, you know, a very, um, the transition, you know, uh, transition LGBTQ agenda, meaning the Democrats. Right. And you know what, folks, we're just going to call them out. When a lie is a lie, we're going to call it out. We're going to tell you what the truth is. And, you know, uh, look, it's it's funny, Gary, you know, it's like I've had people from the time I was uh, saved, uh, a man that came out of the homosexual lifestyle. Yeah, he was actually uh, one of the ones who led our Bible study way back then. Uh, you know, they cheer me on in the work that we do all yeah. these years later. Um, we've had uh, former homosexuals on our, our on our board. You know, that's a, you know, and the point of it is people come out of these lifestyles uh, because, right. as Paul said, such were some of you. But we've never seen the ability now where medical science is willing to alter the medical or the physical being of women and, and castration of young people. Uh, thank God for Walsh right. is out there. He's out there uh, basically blowing this thing up. But we do have doctors right. in this state. Uh, one of the things that your committee did was outed one of the medical practices in Columbus, uh, just right. by testimony, that was actually doing this. Tell us about that. Well, they weren't only doing this, uh, they were actually exposing the children to pornography as well. And uh, and uh, the, so it was Nationwide Hospital was doing this. They put the kids out there. They had a special website, and they were linking them uh, to uh, this group that would also link them to, you know, sex toys and videos about how to, uh, you know, perform fellatio and how to strip tease and things like that. And uh, they were, you know, we they we were we exposed them for that in committee. And ironically, they didn't take it down until a week later when the Columbus Dispatch called and they said, "Hey, we want to do a story on this." We sent them all the links, and they followed the links. And and you know, congratulations to Haley B. Miller from the Dispatch. She covered it honestly. And uh, she, I asked her, I said, "Did you follow the links?" She said, "Yes." I said, "What'd you think?" She says, "Well, I thought it was disturbing." And so we don't always get the press to work with us on our side, but she saw it for what it was, and she exposed it. And when she exposed it, they took it down uh, because the press made something out of it. But the hard part is, Chris, is the the press, uh, and I I won't speak for every reporter, but many of the reporters, they don't want to cover this. They they don't want to interview Chloe. Uh, I have Scott Nugent here. Scott is actually a female uh, who transitioned at the age of 42, was featured, in Matt Walsh's video, "What Is a Woman," and uh, and and we don't talk, talk. We're not tackling stuff that people do when they're adult. We're not tackling uh, their their sexual preferences. Uh, we're not tackling you know whether they're gay, lesbian, or bi. The fact is, many of the 
gay and lesbian people are the ones who are the victims of this. And, you know, Scott says he's a lesbian trans man. Well, Scott used to be a beautiful woman named Kelly, but uh, her partner didn't want to be known as a lesbian, so she talked Scott into transitioning, or Kelly into transitioning into Scott. And then when it was all said, none left Scott. And and so many of these, I'm just reading a book right now that just came out because in England and other places, they're shutting these clinics down. And one of the things that they say is the cause of it is actually uh, homophobia, which I, you know, I don't necessarily buy into that word, but for what we're talking about here, you can understand this is that there are parents who actually look at the children and say, I would have rather have a straight trans child than a gay son or a lesbian daughter. And so parents are sometimes using this as a form of conversion therapy. Uh, and so use, the victims of this are, are people who are sometimes same-sex attracted, and they're told, well, rather than be same-sex attracted, you just need to change your sex. And, and it's a wicked world we're in where you can't just love somebody. You know, I'm not saying anything that you wouldn't think I'd say, but you got to be able to love people, not tell them they got to go get surgery in order to be themselves. It's not authentic if it requires a syringe and a scalpel. We're talking with State Representative Gary Click of Ohio's 88th District, and we're talking about the SAFE Act. And it has uh, 40 co-sponsors in the Ohio House, and this will protect our minor children from the transitioning or the transgender movement. Uh, Gary, what we see with the Biden administration in public schools is actually trying to indoctrinate our children from a very early age. And... The uh, Department of Education under the Biden administration has been pushing these materials. So this is happening with uh, parents in real time of what it's actually kind of exploded during the Biden administration. Uh, They get federal dollars into the school districts, and they're pushing the agenda. Your thoughts on that? Not only are they pushing the agenda, they were telling uh, people that if they did not participate in that agenda, that they would lose their milk money and they take away, you know, the uh, the free lunches for kids in their schools. And what kind of a bully does that? You know, I spoke up at the State Board of Education on that, took a bottle of milk in there with me, and I said, who steals milk, milk money from kids? Presidents do, don't do that. Punks do that. And uh, not everybody liked that I had that to say, but we have to stand up for our kids, Chris, and that's what you're doing and that's what I'm doing. And the fact is, is you know, and I, I'm careful how I present this um, because really we know what the Bible says, but we don't have, you know, in, in church, that's great. And here I avoid the religious connotations because, of, you know, people are going to want to say I'm pushing my religion, and that's a great way to get the spill overturned. And the, the truth is, is, you know, if God says it, then it's also true scientifically. And so we use the scientific evidence to support this bill because the science is there. Uh, there is no science that tells us. They all want to say, I'm pushing my religion. And I say, you're the ones with the religion here. You're the ones that believe a boy's spirit is in a girl's body or vice versa. I'm just going by the science. Your DNA never changes. You know, it's either X or XY. You cannot change that. It's impossible to change that. And everything that you do, I mean, listen, these, these boys who take this to become girls, they have a loss of bone density. Many of them have osteoporosis. These girls, their spines are not fusing together. Uh, They have a higher risk of heart attacks, stroke, cancer. They have lifelong complications. Scott Nugent has infections all the time, all the time. Scott was experiencing an infection when she was here. And just the health complications and the health risks 
do not justify what they are doing, but it's more profit-driven. They make money off of it, and they're pushing the agenda. They are not looking out for the best interests of these children, which is why the Tampa stock is closing down in London. It's why they're closing these clinics down in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Finland. It's why they're closing them down in France. It's why they're closing them down in Sweden. Everywhere that was got there before we did, they're looking at the results. This is the most, well, to me, one of the most significant that, results is that you are... 19, that's right. And that's why we're going to shut it down here in Ohio. We're going to shut it down here right. in Ohio. We're going to rally around House Bill 68, the SAFE Act, with Representative Gary Click. Thank you, Representative, for being our guest today on the program. Thank you, Chris. God bless you, my friend. We'll be praying for you. And thank you, Likewise. And thank you all for listening. If you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. And we'll also have the testimonies up of these people as well on this issue. Be afraid. Be very afraid. There are those in Washington who want the IRS to take more of your hard-earned money. Are you tired of being the perpetual cash cow for every scheme, unreasonable program, and for all the fraud, waste, and abuse in our system? Well, good news. I can help. George Satari has almost 40 years of experience helping people like you keep more of what you make. It makes no sense that the more you make, the more they take. Let George help you keep your money away from the government bureaucratic waste and in your pocket. Call 216-651-1120 right now and schedule your free consultation today. Instead of a victim, you'll You'll be be the the victor. victor. With many success stories, George helps with tax planning, estate planning, financial and business analysis, and more. The new tax law has many ways to save money with retirement planning, accelerated depreciation, up to 20% exception of net earnings, and so much more. Call 216-651-1120. That's 216-651-1120. You earn it, we'll help you keep it. That's George Satari, CPA, 216-651-1120. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about the biggest pro-life battle of our times. I want to read to you the statement that the Ohio Christian Alliance issued just this past week as news came down that the Ohio Attorney General approved the ballot language that a pro-abortion group was pushing for the fall ballot of 2023. The Ohio Christian Alliance makes the following statement concerning the Attorney General of Ohio approving ballot language for pro-choice Ohio. The amendment, if passed, would make abortion in Ohio legal until the ninth month of pregnancy. It would wipe out all of Ohio's pro-life laws 
that have been passed over the past three decades, including the 20-week abortion ban, Ohio's heartbeat law, the Down syndrome ban, our state's parental notification laws, and Ohio's ban on partial birth abortion. The group behind this radical abortion amendment are Pro-Choice Ohio, Planned Parenthood, Abortion Fund Ohio, American Civil Liberties Union, and a group of abortion doctors. Pro-Life Ohioans will need to come out in force to defeat this ballot proposal. Today, with the Attorney General's approval of the language, the abortion industry crossed the first hurdle. The measure now moves to the Ohio Ballot Board, which has 10 days to review and certify that the ballot language is single subject. With approval of the Ohio Ballot Board, the abortion industry would have until Wednesday, July 5th, to collect and submit approximately 412,500 signatures to put the issue before the Ohio voters in November. This is what I made as a statement that same day. When the U.S. Supreme Court last June in its historic Dobbs decision overturned Roe v. Wade, pro-life Americans rejoiced, wept, and congratulated each other on the long-sought-after victory of overturning Roe v. Wade. After nearly 50-year battle, but the Dobbs decision, the battle then moved to the states. Those states that had passed pro-life legislation over the years would now see those laws implemented. Ohio's heartbeat law went into effect after Attorney General Dave Yost filed to have the injunction removed within hours of the Dobbs decision came down from the U.S. Supreme Court. Unfortunately, the abortion industry was not finished. They marshaled their forces to fight against those pro-life provisions in the states. Ohio is their next target. Pro-Choice Ohio, Planned Parenthood, Abortion Fund Ohio, American Civil Liberties Union, a group of abortion doctors and their allies seek to wipe out all of Ohio's pro-life laws and send us back to the dark days of Roe v. Wade. We can't let that happen, and we will spend the next nine months advocating in defense of the unborn and defeat this ballot measure. That's the statement from the Ohio Christian Alliance, which was issued this last week as Attorney General Dave Yost approved the ballot language that was submitted to him by the abortion interest. With me on the phone is the director of Cincinnati Right to Life, which was one of the first pro-life chapters in the whole country uh, when Dr. Wilkie founded uh, Right to Life way back in the day. And its new director is Laura Streetman, and she's a fighter for life, and I'm so glad to have her on the program with me today. Laura, welcome to the program. Thank you, Chris, and thank you for everything you do for life in our beautiful state. Well, thank you, and it's good to be in the fight with you, and what a battle that we have in front of us. In fact, this is the battle of all battles, and I think that some in the pro-life community are just beginning to awaken. They're still in the stupor of after the Dobbs decision of last June, where they thought that, hey, the, the victory's won, the battle's over. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, it's only intensified as a skirmish war back in the states now. That's all that the court did. The court didn't strike down abortion on demand in all 50 states. They simply overturned Roe and sent it back to the states. Therefore, the pro-abortion interests have started to move in the states, and we've not fared very well in the pro-life community uh, with the ballot initiatives this last fall. So it's all hands on deck to battle this in Ohio to win this pro-life victory, and it's going to take everyone to get involved. Your thoughts? I agree with you 100%. Um, you're right. I mean, many 
even said before Roe was overturned, and it, especially between the beginning of May of last year when the leak happened and then on June 24th when the Dobbs decision was handed down, people were saying the pro-life movement is not ready for this yet because we didn't exactly know, you know, what the pro-abortists would do and the abortionists would do and then how we should respond to them that next move. And when you just said that the pro-lifers are in a stupor, I agree with you. Um, I don't think anyone, at least I work with closely, thought like, oh, we won, we won. I think, you, you, you know, everyone was taking a deep breath thinking, what do we do now? Like, how are we going to have to play defense versus maybe we should have gone on direct offense, you know, but this is not the time for shoulda, woulda, coulda. This is the time we now know what we have to do, Chris. We have to beat this ballot initiative. Otherwise, we are looking at abortion in Ohio all nine months for any reason. And as you said, all of those measures that pro-lifers worked so hard for during the reign of Roe, they would all be struck down. Um, you know, a woman could have an argument with her husband at 30 weeks and go in and for the health of the mother. She could use that as a reason to want to kill her preborn son or daughter. So this is it. If people listen and they think, well, yeah, I'm pro-life and, you know, I support you financially and I pray for you. That's wonderful. And we appreciate that. But this is the time to use your voice and use your actions and get involved. Call your local pro-life community, volunteer, call your church. What can I do? What can I do? Um, you know, there will be direct things you can do to help us defeat this initiative because it is going to take between now and July 5th as they're trying to get these signatures. As you said, Chris, you said about 412,500 and I learned from a ballot initiative specialist that that probably in reality means they may need to get just over a million signatures um, between now and July 5th or when the ballot language is approved in July 5th, because that many will be deemed, you know, not not valued. And that could be for any reason. Um, I'm not exactly sure all the reasons, but that's just the way these formulas work, Chris. It takes a little more than twice as many to get the number that you need. And then, Chris, are you also aware the signatures have to be from 44 of Ohio's 88 counties? Um, and they can't just be from one county. So, like, in Cleveland, you can't just stand outside of Cleveland in, you know, a Cleveland baseball game and get all the signatures. Or in Cincinnati, out of a Reds game. You know, you have to have this formula of counties as well. And it's a little complicated. But the abortionists, they know what they need to do, and they're working on it, that's for sure. It's a constitutional amendment, so that would put it in the state constitution. So, folks, this is so serious. It would codify into law abortion on demand in Ohio, and as they say in their talking points, enshrine abortion on demand in Ohio in the state constitution. We can't let that happen. Now, the legislature, we were pushing them to raise the threshold to pass a constitutional amendment here in the state of Ohio. The Ohio Christian Alliance supports that initiative. That would raise it to 6%. Unfortunately, that window closed for the May ballot uh, because they didn't get it done by January, uh, excuse me, February 2nd. And uh, there's reasons to that. You've heard about it on this program because of some of the political play in Columbus. And so the May ballot will not have the 60% threshold. And so now it is a race to the ballot. And, Laura, as you said, they'll have to go to 44 different counties uh, to collect those signatures. 
and that they have to be verified that they are registered voters in the state of Ohio before they're certified for the ballot in November. But, folks, we can all but uh, be assured that they're going to make it to the ballot because they're going to have millions of dollars pouring in here to the state of Ohio, and they're going to use a lot of euphemisms, uh, very soft speech about this, and they're going to talk about women's rights, but they're never going to tell you about the unborn. And in actually the abuse of women, of the tragedy of abortion, you're never going to hear that in their commercial ads. You're not going to hear about the, the remorse and the regret that men and women both have and, and suffer with for a lifetime uh, because of a decision of abortion. You're never going to hear that in their ads. But uh, you're never going to hear the, the silent scream uh, from the womb because those are the voices. Were their voices? You're hearing two of them right now. I'm talking with Laura Streetman of Cincinnati Right to Life. And right now, in the city of Cincinnati, there are billboards. And, uh, Laura, I want you to tell us about the billboards, and it's a little bit of a controversy. It's getting people's attention, but thank God for it. It's a strong pro-life message. Tell us what's going on in Cincinnati. Right. Um, boy, <laughs> we've got it coming at all angles, and thank God that's the way it needs to be when we are defending the pre-born. Well, um, we have a wonderful new staff member named Mo Riggins, and he is an African-American man that is devoutly pro-life. And he is beyond offended that the abortionists target black women and their babies. Um, it's outrageous the way the numbers are so skewed towards killing black children in the womb. And he had become friends with one of our supporters. And this gentleman, our supporter, had mentioned to Mo that he had always wanted to educate the community on the attack of black preborn children by the abortionists that we know that were there from the very beginning of Planned Parenthood's founding by Margaret Sanger. And so Mo came to me and said, can we get these really strong billboards up? And I said, absolutely. The board, our board at Cincinnati Right to Life is in full support of telling the truth of what happens to black mothers and their babies. So we have just six of these billboards up around um, greater Cincinnati, and they say abortion. And on a white background with big black letters, and it says the leading cause of death in the black community. And then some of them are black background with white letters that say the same thing. And then they have our website at the bottom. Um, and it has caused a firestorm in the community. People are outraged, calling us liars. I Googled it. It's, it's heart disease. It's not abortion. <laughs> well, do you think that, you know, the Internet is going to tell you that's the leading cause of death in the black community? But Chris, the beautiful thing is, is we've had many people email us and call us saying, thank you for telling the truth. Thank you for standing for Black Lives, truthfully. Um, Chris, I don't know if you know these numbers, but in Ohio, in 2021, there were 21,813 abortions, and 9,446 of those abortions were on Black babies, when only 12% of the women in Ohio are Black. It's just outrageous where 43% of the abortions were on black babies. And in Ohio, the total deaths for the same year were 144,295, and there were 16,799 total black deaths in Ohio, not including abortion, in 2021. So there were almost as many abortions as there were deaths on people that had been given the opportunity to live, black people. Um, and it takes heart disease, cancer, flu, pneumonia, and stroke to get to um, this 9,811 deaths in Ohio in 2021. 
when there were the 9,446 abortions on black babies. Takes the four leading causes of death in Ohio of black citizens in Ohio to get to the same amount of black abortions in Ohio. That's outrageous. It's a strong pro-life message, and I remember a good pastor friend of mine, uh, Pastor Dennis Butts of House of the Lord, uh, uh, an African-American, and he was telling me about Margaret Sanger, was one who targeted with Planned Parenthood the black race to eliminate it through abortion, and uh, which is all true and all documented, and they can't deny, and they can't hide from their past, and they can't hide from the facts. And, uh, you know, since then, uh, Pastor Butts has gone on to be with the Lord. But I remember him coming to every pro-life event uh, in the city of Akron in in, uh, Northeast Ohio, Right to Life. And so what you're saying is so true. And, again, the truth offends. Uh, And that's what's happening there as you're advocating for the unborn, Uh, in this case, the African-American unborns in the city of Cincinnati and also around the state of Ohio. We're talking with Laura Streetman, and she is the executive director of Cincinnati Right to Life, which was the first Right to Life chapter in the entire country as Dr. Wilkie founded that, and then Ohio Right to Life, then National Right to Life. We've been in this battle for 50 years, over 50 years, and uh, now has it come down finally at the U.S. Supreme Court that Roe has been overturned. But folks, um, it, it lives in the states if we don't fight it, uh, and that's what's going to happen here. So they're going to be able to bring back the dark days of Roe v. Wade if we don't defeat this ballot measure. Now, I'm going to tell you and give you an update of where they're at in the progress. So this is the most updated uh, information we have. So the Attorney General approved the language, and we're going to have that language up on our website, a link at the top, and you can click on that. And then read it carefully. You'll see where this language actually leads to all of what we're telling you about. Uh, this language is terrible in what it's going to do. It's, it's basically a license to kill the unborn in the state of Ohio without uh, any prohibition whatsoever. That's not what Ohioans want. That's not how they voted over the last 40 years as they become increasingly more pro-life. But, folks, if you're not vigilant, uh, that will all be wiped away come November. It's a simple 51% that they have to, to uh, win or a 50% and a 49% measure uh, on the November ballot, so we can't let that happen. So after he approved the language, this is the Attorney General, and again, he made a statement. He says, look, my pro-life views are well taken. Uh, my, my duty as Attorney General is to review the language and then to approve it, whether it's truthful in statement and either in what it's saying. Uh, and so he has passed that on now to the ballot board. The ballot board is comprised of five individuals. They will review the language to see if it's single subject. That is their sole responsibility and sole job is to see that the constitutional language being proposed is single subject. Now, according to a number of attorneys, that that there could be some problems there. Uh, They have up till 10 days. That brings them to Monday, uh, the 13th. And by 5 p.m., we should know whether this has been accepted or whether it's uh, multi-subject and has been rejected, and they'll have to go back through the process. So if it is accepted as a single subject, then they're off and running. They get approved to start circulating. They'll have to, uh, the first level is 1,000 signatures on a petition, and then uh, the Secretary of State approves that, and then they're off and running to collect uh, nearly a half a million, well, 412,500 signatures, good ones that they'll need. And as Laura said, 
they're probably shooting for over a million. Now, what does that mean? Don't sign this petition. Whatever you do, don't have any of your family or friends or anyone sign this petition. Some of you like to sign, well, I'll sign that. No, don't sign it. <laughs> You're helping them to get to the ballot to end uh, our uh, pro-life laws. So first and number one, don't be deceived by this thing being circulated in the community and don't sign it. Uh, so we need to stress that with people, don't we, Laura? Your thoughts? Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. This is the time to not be silent. Yes, you may sit there and say, well, of course. Oh, no, I would never sign that. But what about the people that live with you? What about your family members? What about your neighbors? What about your coworkers? God does not ask you to be silent in the face of great evil, and that's what this is. This ballot initiative is nothing but pure evil and pure death and pure hatred for women and their children and for families. We need every single person on board. <clears throat> and Chris, the other thing that we need is we need to make sure people who are truly pro-life in their hearts, that they're registered to vote. You need to get out and do your American duty and get registered to vote. And you're yes. going to need to vote if this gets on. Um, we can't just assume that everyone who says they're pro-life is actually an active American voter. And if you've delayed for whatever reason and you feel intimidated by the registration process and getting out there, this is the time to pray and get over that. We need your American vote against this ballot to enshrine death up to 40 weeks for any reason in the state of Ohio. Bone-crushing death. It's absolutely horrendous and disgusting and truly nothing but pure evil. Many of our listeners, that's right, and many of our listeners over the years have been in the pro-life fight with us. They have uh, called their legislators. They have uh, supported pro-life legislation and have elected people that are pro-life and that have been endorsed by uh, the pro-life community, and they have advanced politicals in Columbus. And because of that, we have been able to get a number of things passed over the over the years, uh, parental notification laws, uh, that a minor cannot get abortion without the parent's notification. Schools were doing this. Counselors uh, at schools were advising young girls to go and get an abortion. Think about that, a medical procedure like that that has its inherent risks, and parents weren't even told. That's a, that's forbidden in the state of Ohio. We have parental notification laws. People could go to jail if they viol- violate that. We have a 20-week abortion ban. That was passed a few years ago. Uh, I believe even get, Governor Kasich signed the 20-week abortion Ban. We have a Down syndrome uh, abortion ban that uh, singles out that if a per, you know if the unborn uh, child is uh, Down syndrome, there were people just discarding it because of uh, some kind of health concern or the Down syndrome, and that's a ban in the state of Ohio. That was law that was passed. Then, of course, the heartbeat law. When a heartbeat is detected. And uh, that was actually after Dobbs came down, as I read in the statement, uh, to his credit, Attorney General Dave Yost filed to have the injunction removed, and it went into effect for a number of weeks, and it actually saved lives across the state. And then tell us uh, what happened there in the municipal court in Hamilton County. Uh, Laura, what happened there with the heartbeat law? Because now it's, it's back to the state Supreme Court. Tell us about that. Yeah, it was really terrible. Um, as we know, you know, Planned Parenthood, they're so sinister, and there's nothing but darkness and evil with that organization and the profit of crushing preborn children. They had planned, they planned for years and years and decades, quite honestly, to use the money that they get from the government, our tax money, 
to then support liberal candidates that are pro-abortion candidates. And they've really flooded Hamilton County, where we live in the beautiful city of Cincinnati in our southwest corner of our state, um, and really gotten our municipal court judges to be all very pro-abortion, pro-Planned Parenthood. So when Planned Parenthood filed the lawsuit against the heartbeat law that had been enacted, and we know from June 24th to September 14th, that wonderful law was enacted. And over 2,500 babies' lives, they estimate, were saved Amen. from abortion. And Yeah, in those two and a half months that that law was enacted. But they, of course, filed it in Hamilton County, where they have spent tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars to pack our court with judges to support Planned Parenthood. And, of course, they bring it forward, and, of course, a liberal judge gets it, and you knew ahead of time how he was going to rule. And I sat in the courtroom for all of the proceedings and just heard these, oh, my goodness, you should have seen all the lawyers that Planned Parenthood on, had on their side of the room. There were over 14 on their side representing them, just proclaiming how wonderful abortion was for women. And they even had some of the abortionists take the stand and saying she had to wear a Kevlar vest because she was so scared to come into the courtroom. And, um, you know, you just knew right away how he was going to judge. And then when he finally came out with his ruling, he said in that courtroom, his verbatim, his exact words were, everyone knows abortion is health care. I mean, I was so offended um, having spent 10 years on the front lines at a pregnancy center supporting women in their choice of life. No, not everyone knows abortion is health care. So he ruled that the heartbeat law then had to pause and had to stop, but that it would get a final hearing and a final court process. So then in the meantime, while we waited, we remember we had the election in November, Chris, where we knew we needed to get three conservative judges elected to our Ohio Supreme Court bench, knowing that this law would be challenged all the way up to the Supreme Court. And praise God, Ohioans showed up in support of Pat Fisher, Pat DeWine, and Sharon Kennedy. And we now have a 4-3 Ohio Supreme Court. So then the Dave Yost's team filed um, in Ohio Appeals Court. They filed against the heartbeat. And then, it, of course, they lost there. And then they moved it up to the Supreme Court so that it would be heard there. And the latest I know, Chris, maybe you've heard something more than I have, but we're waiting for it to be heard at the Ohio Supreme Court right now. And I have not heard that it has moved as of Friday. I don't have any more news since Friday, and I don't I know if you yeah, had. That's, well, thank you. I did talk to the attorney general's office today, and we haven't received an update yet, so we're still waiting for the court <clears throat> to take it up, and then uh, the court will hear the case uh, uh, on Ohio's heartbeat law. Uh, we're talking with Laura Streetman. She is the executive director of Cincinnati Right to Life. Uh, Laura, we're uh, out of time, but what's the website where people can follow the fine work of Cincinnati Right to Life? CincinnatiRightToLife.org. And thank you, Chris, for being a partner in this battle with us. Absolutely. And I look forward to working with you and defeating this ballot measure. Thank you, Laura, for being yes. my guest today. Thank we'll you, Chris. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.